RadioInfluence.com. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin is the go-to person. He has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, and students in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal, to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. And now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm Jim Fannin. And my name is Seth Hurd, the producer here on America's Most Positive Podcast. So, Jim, what's on your mind this week? Chaos. Chaos. Chaos is on my mind. It's not in my mind, Seth, but it's on my mind. I Chaos has been brandished about in the media. It's been brandished about in uh, boardrooms classrooms and we've had chaos in our families what is chaos thinking why do we have it how do we eliminate it first of all the average person has 65 percent of their daily thoughts in natural chaos just before you tuned into this show go back and think about what you thought about how many thoughts were going through your mind, ricocheting like a pinball machine. Now, the average thought 20 years ago, we could hold for 15, 16, 17 seconds. That's dropped holding one thought below 10 seconds. So holding our focus, really, that's decreased. Why is that? Well, we have too much information coming in from every possible angle, from uh, television, from uh social media, from text, from email. You can even get a FedEx and go, wow, what's up with that? Well, you know, And it can careen you from whatever you're working on to something new. The best in the world have the least amount of chaos. And, and that's really where you're controlling what you think. And that's where you're not giving permission for external thoughts or ideas or feelings to come into your brain. Stay focused. So I, I want to talk a little bit later about how do we eliminate this chaos, but let's take a corporation. Now, I have one in my mind. I, I want to tell you so badly. I have a non-disclosure agreement. I cannot. It's a company that every listener knows. Every listener has been exposed to uh, this company's products and services. But I know for a fact, because I've coached the leadership team, I've coached uh, a vice chairman of this company, that they're in chaos. And it was by design, whether it was in writing or not, it was designed to protect the ego of the CEO, where he fueled chaos. 
so that people didn't know what was going on. And all roads led right back to him, led back to Rome. I'll make a decision. You all disagree. So he would actually pit one division against another, almost like sibling rivalry. And uh, it was the most chaotic place when I went in there. And, of course, I called him out on it. And that didn't sit well with the CEO. Uh, Oh, well, uh, you know, I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to tell you what is and what you need to do to reach your vision, your goals, and whatever it is your mission statement is. Today, the CEO's gone. The leadership team's been completely changed. This company's operating on all cylinders, and they have the least amount of chaos probably in the last decade, and their stock price has gone sky high. Again, I want to tell you, uh, but again, I signed a non-disclosure and, and will not be able to divulge that. But chaos can enter our homes. And why is that? Well, we don't have a vision of what the family brand is. You know, your last name, Heard, that's a brand. Fannin, that's a brand. And we walk around with that brand, showcase it. Every time we look someone in the eye and shake their hand, does that brand represent quality, positivity, or chaos? Indifference, apathy, negativity. Well, that's up to the family. That's up to mom and dad. And chaos can spread like wildfire. If the parents are chaotic, chasing a buck, uh, chasing schedules, where the tail's wagging the dog, well, our kids pick up that stress. And the next thing, everybody's running around in the morning trying to get ready for school, get ready for work. It is chaotic. And if you have that home, that chaotic home, know that you need a blueprint. You need a blueprint for the family brand to eliminate chaos so the family starts thinking as a champion. About two weeks ago, the University of Kentucky, my beloved Wildcat basketball team, I'm from Kentucky for you new listeners, they were in chaos. Now, I don't believe the head coach was in chaos. I'm not sure the other coaches were in chaos, but you could watch the game. His team was in chaos. They lost four games in a row. And then all of a sudden, people thought they they might not not even make the uh, March Madness, you know, the NCAA tournament. And here they go on and win the SEC tournament. How'd they do that? Every person on that team became empowered. And it starts at the top. Stress runs downhill, not uphill. Starts at the top. Each player accepted their role. They accepted their defensive, offensive responsibility. Each player held himself accountable as opposed to before. And each player knew what he had the authority to do and not do. And once that happened individually, the team collectively came together. And and now first round, Kentucky will play uh, Davidson. And it's going to be an interesting game. I'm not going to give that to the University of Kentucky. I'm not, although I'm a Kentucky fan. Uh, Davidson has shot... uh, 10 three-pointers every game for the last four games, and uh, they're capable of 
of hitting 15 three-pointers, and that's going to bury any team. I think it's going to be a very interesting game. If Kentucky gets past that, I think they have a chance to make a run. They'll get a little bit of a swagger. They definitely have the talent, although they're not great shooters. And then I have one more prediction, and this is nothing negative against the ACC, but I'm predicting no ACC team will be in the Final Four. That's a big prediction. I, don't send me hate mail. I, <laughs> I, you know, I love Coach K, what he's done. Uh, I, North Carolina, I, all those great ACC teams. I just feel that uh, the way it's stacked up in the bra- bracketology uh, that uh, I'm predicting no ACC team in the Final Four. So who's in the zone? It's not the ACC in, this, in 2018 that you're seeing. Well, that's my prediction. Everything can change. These are young men. They have great coaches, so a lot of things can happen. That's why they call it March Madness. And, of course, that's my segue. Talk about chaos. Uh, March Madness is <laughs> chaos. You know, no one's working. Everybody's got their TVs on. Everybody's watching on their phone. Productivity probably is going to drop like a stone in the United States uh, in the next couple of weeks. But that's okay. I think we need a little relaxation, a little enjoyment. And I'm excited about March Madness because nothing gets, you know, we, we can um, change our jobs. We can change uh, spouses, hopefully not. We can change girlfriends, boyfriends. We can change where we live. But most of us don't change our colors of who we rooted for in baseball, basketball, and football. And I think that's the case right now with uh uh, you know, with with college basketball and March Madness. It's going to be so exciting. I'm fired up. As far as who's in the zone for for these so-called bracket busters, I'm just not going to be the guy to make any kind of predictions because, you know, the best in the world get it wrong, and I'm, I'm far from a college basketball expert. However, we will say that as this tournament unfolds, minute by minute, hour by hour, obviously we see, you know, upsets every year. I'm thinking about, you know, the one year Michigan State at number two was knocked off by the number 15 team. And if you walk into those locker rooms, you will definitely see that there is a an almost physical, tangible difference before and at halftime and after the game for those upsets on the team that should have won and the team that I, did. I think everyone that, that makes this tournament believes that they can win. That's why they're in the tournament. In fact, belief, that's the entry fee. You got to ante up. Here's my belief and and here's our collective belief, student body belief, alumni belief, and obviously the players on the floor belief. But there's going to be a few teams that go beyond that. In the locker room, when they go back to their dorm, when they go back to their hotel room, a few teams are going to have collective expectancy. And that's a big difference. I expect to win tonight. I believe I can win tonight. And if they're equal in talent and experience and coaching and uh, the X's and the O's, expectancy teams are going to totally defeat belief teams. And then there's that one team that knows. I I believe I'm good. Okay. I expect to win tonight. And then the team that knows. And this is true in every sport. It's true in every competitive situation, small business, big business, international business. Do you believe? Do you expect? Or do you know? And the teams that know 
are operating off of a well-designed blueprint. Now, things happen. Luck can enter the equation. That's what makes life exciting. Surprise. In fact, the greatest things in our life are surprises. Oh, my gosh. You know, a last-minute bank uh, three-pointer with no time on the clock by a guy that hasn't made a three-pointer all year. (laughs) That's awesome. Those happen. That happens. Uh, Surprise. So uh, we're going to have an awesome time coming up. We also, Tiger Woods, uh, I would say that he's not necessarily in the zone, but he's definitely starting to put that zone code on. Uh, He had a great finish down at Texas. We've got uh, the Masters coming up. March Madness coming up. Uh, we've got baseball coming up. Spring training is in full force. I just came back from spring training. I'm going to be going again. Uh, it's a great time if you're a sports fan uh, to to uh, be in the zone with your favorite team. And, hey, just as a reminder, all these incredible athletic accomplishments that you're seeing, none of those happen without a blueprint. Nothing great in your life, in business, in family, in hobbies, in passions happens without a blueprint. And if you don't have one, I bet it's because you haven't read the book yet. Uh, You can check out Amazon.com, search Jim Fannin, F-A-N-N-I-N, Jim Fannin, The Blueprint. You can also check out the first chapter uh, of the book at JimFannin.com. We give you a lot of pieces here, but to really put it all together... Check out the book right now and start working on your own blueprint. Uh, as you know, we have seen thousands of people have drastically different uh, re- results because of this, and we're ready for you to have the same results. I- I'm excited about this book. It was a labor of love uh, writing the book, but I think more importantly, it's something we we had John Buck on our show last time, and first thing I I said to John Buck, former Major League Baseball All Star, you're more much more than a baseball player. And that resonated him. But listening right now, driving to work, thinking about making money, thinking about market share, thinking about the meeting, the presentation coming up, you're so much more than your career. You're so much more than your job. You're so much more than your work. You're more than that. You're an awesome, awesome soul having human experiences. And there, there's one thing that I know I have the 90-second rule where most decisions can be made in less than 90 seconds. We're going to have a couple of 90-second rule tools we're going to uh, remind people of. But there's one rule to be successful. There's only one. There are no rules. And I'm cautioning everyone listening, don't put all your happy eggs in one basket. We've all been guilty of that. We get so excited when we land a, a major sales uh, deal or a, uh, we hit a home run when we give a presentation or our kids come home with great grades and all of our happy eggs go into that one basket and we feel great about it. We talk about it. We share that good feeling with everybody. But again, you're so much more than that. You're an individual, and you're in control of your thoughts as an individual. That's your own spirituality. It's, it could be religion, but it's, it's about you. It's about your philosophy, your principles. It's about your 
character. And of course, character is uh, uh, what you do when no one's watching. That's your character. What you think when no one's listening. That's your real character. And that's just one arena of your life. Then you have your own wellness. That's a big deal for me now as I go past the age of 60. Wellness. I thought about it as a professional tennis player, but not in terms of wellness. I just thought in terms of getting a half a step quicker, uh, getting a little bit stronger, faster, uh, being able to jump higher for an overhead, whatever. But wellness is one aspect of your life, and you're in control of that, Seth, and everyone listening, you're in control. Yes, you you have doctors, maybe you have a physiotherapist, uh, maybe you have an acupuncturist, uh, maybe you have a dietitianist if, if you're so fortunate to have that. But you're in charge of that aspect of your life. But you're more than that. How about the change in your pocket, the equity in your house, uh, your 401k? Um, that's your personal finance. That has nothing to do with your wellness, has nothing to do with your job, although your job can feed that. But that's a standalone arena that has its own set. It's got its own micro blueprint that fits into the macro, the blueprint of your life. But even that, you're more than that. You've got your significant other. How important is that relationship? And we all know this. If something's not going well in your significant other, mate, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, relationship arena, boy, it can cascade negativity and spill into those other arenas of your life. That's an important arena. Do you have a vision? And more importantly, do you have shared vision? That's a tough arena. Two coaches simultaneously coaching at the same time. That's never happened in Major League Baseball. You're not going to see two coaches coaching <laughs> simultaneously in March Madness. But yet in our relationship, you know, they say it's 50-50. I've said this on the air. Come on. It's, if you've ever been in a relationship, you know it's not 50-50. You know, it's 80-20 in something. It's 30-70 in something else. But you're more than that. Each one of us are a son or a daughter. We're one or the other. Think about your mom. Think about your dad. Maybe they're living. Maybe they're not. Mine are gone. Mine are deceased. But I still think of them. Even when I signed the autograph for the blueprint, I always put a little little uh, symbol at the bottom with two little uh, marks. I do that for my father. I'm James Edward Fannin II, so I always make that mark under my name, but it's to honor him. No one knows that, but he's still a viable part of my life. And my mom, I, I always open the door for any lady. And, you know, it's just a Southern thing. If I don't do that, my mother will come back from the grave, and she will hit me with a two-by-four in my head. <laughs> I mean, sad. I have to do it. Of course, I'm holding the door, and uh, some of the women go in the other door and look at me like, what are you doing? Uh, I'm still going to do it. I'm sorry. It's just I have to do it. My, my mother trained me to do that, uh, to stand up on a bus and give up my seat. My mother ingrained that in me. So 
yeah, my name's Jim Fannin, but I'm still the son of James and Lahoma Fannin from Ashland, Kentucky. Are you a sibling? Now, that's an important arena of your life, but are you the best brother that you can be? I mean, how many listening right now need to get off this podcast and call your mom? How many of you need to get off the podcast and ask your brother how he's doing? Maybe you haven't talked to him since Thanksgiving or Christmas. Or maybe you're estranged like my father was with his brother, my uncle, for over 20 years, never said a word. The bottom line is we're all souls having awesome, awesome human experiences. Even when things don't go well, there is a silver lining. You know what? You you now know what you don't like. That's not a bad thing to get that list. I know what I don't want in a significant other. I know what I don't want to do in my business. And um, that helps us get to what I do want, what you want. And that's really what the Jim Fannin Show is all about. We have two to 3,000 thoughts every day, Seth. And, you know, when we're chaotic, we may push that 3,000 thought for the whole day. The goal here is to reduce your thoughts by 30 or 40%. The best in the world do that. They've reduced their thoughts, and they can hold a thought longer, and every thought is within the blueprint that you designed with your own free will. You know, everybody would say just about, I'd love to have more time both to focus on work and to focus on family. And when you have a blueprint and you cut the chaos down, you're getting your time back. It's like you're getting, we all have the same number of hours in the week, but man, you eliminate that chaos. You're getting your time back. Well, if you uh, trust me on the math here, if you sleep eight hours, Seth, we we got 112 hours a week and research, uh, our research uh, has, has shown that we spend half of that time daydreaming about challenges we haven't given up on. That could be food or sex or relationships or sex. I mentioned that, didn't I? I mentioned that already. <laughs> it, it, it could be all kinds of thoughts, things that, that we have a need for. But chaos thinking, if you have an abnormal vision, an abnormal dream in your life, you need to think in an abnormal way. And an abnormal way to think is to eliminate chaos thinking. Have simple thinking. The best to only go into the past analysis, evaluation, assessment, and they learn. They learn from it, and then they bury that residue not to be dug up again. That doesn't mean you can't go back and, uh, you know, have a beer with an old buddy from school or uh, a classmate, a sorority sister. Yeah, you can do that. You can go back into the past and reminisce. I think that's awesome. I think that's fun. But stay out of the past. And and if you keep replaying the past, you're now going to be wallowing in a pool of worry. So right now, the reboot tool, this is very simple. If you're driving, keep your eyes open. But if you're not driving, I'd shut my eyes, unhinge my jaw, let my tongue kind of float. Take about three or four very deep breaths, not forced. Fill up your lungs and then empty them. Fill them up. 
and then empty them, and then in your mind see nothing but a dark screen. Turn your brain off, just like a computer. If you have too many programs open and you're flipping around in your files and you've got Word open, Excel open, PowerPoint, and you're just zipping around, all of a sudden the computer can go very slow and sometimes it even freezes. So what do you do? You don't pull out the motherboard and try to fix it. I mean, I I don't know how to do that. You Control-Alt-Delete, you reboot. You reboot. And our brain works the same. I believe that if all of us, myself included, Seth included, if we can reboot multiple times during the day, when we become aware of negative thinking or just wallowing in the past over and over again, then using our imagination and project that into the future, and that, that causes anxiety, worry, fear. Those are stumbling blocks. Those are serious challenges for not being able to manifest a blueprint. Use the reboot tool. One more tool. This is the light switch. We've talked about it. There's a video at jimfannon.com. If you go on the toolbar, on the coaching section, go to life. You're going to see a short video about the light switch. Like a light switch, if you take a negative thought right now, sorry, Seth, I, I want you to do this. Sorry to have you think negative. This, okay. this is America's most positive podcast, but for demonstration purposes, have a negative thought, shut your eyes, drop your head down to your chest, hold that negative thought. Now raise your head up toward the ceiling, continue that negative thought. Like a light switch on the wall, it goes up and down. Now put your head down again, turn the light switch off, hold the negative thought, put the light switch up, put your head up, keep the negative thought. Now, everybody open your eyes. 75% of everyone that's done this exercise over the years report the following. When your head went up, the negative thought either completely went away or you had to reconstruct it to conjure it back up in your mind. But when you drop your head about anything, you're going to replay that negative. I promise you it's going to be robust. It's going to be concise and worry, anxiety, negative stress, fear has a greater chance to permeate your mind and get into all the muscles of your body and putting your head up. So my mama, my mama was right. Jimmy, Jimmy, keep your head up. Keep your chin up. She didn't know the science behind it, but, man, was she a wise woman, a hillbilly woman. She was so <laughs> smart. Keep your chin up. If you have a negative in your life, yes, you can reboot, turn your brain off, but if you put your chin up, and especially if you look up to the right, to the creative part side of your brain, you're going to find solutions, and that is the hallmark of a champion a true champion. You can do this in any arena of your life. Well, one thing we wanted to bring to you here on the Jim Fannin show is that as the producer of the show, I've seen something that you haven't had a chance to experience firsthand yet. And that is Jim coaching, you know, no preparation, the challenges that are coming at a client, you know, right on the spot. And that was one of the most fun experiences I've had the first time I got to see Jim coaching a pro athlete. I didn't, you know, I didn't know a lot of details except for the sport on the other end, of course, because you, you respect the privacy of your clients, but I got to experience it. So 
what we're going to do here is actually queue up uh, a, somebody who's going after peak performance, who's had some success, who's interested in the score system, who doesn't know a lot about this yet, and we're just going to see what happens. I'm not even exactly sure the challenges that this person is, uh, is is dealing with. And Jim, you know nothing going in, right? You're, know, you're just no, going for no, it. No, I've never spoken to this person. I have no clue. Uh, I'm trusting my producer. <laughs> totally. All right, here we go. The first time ever on the Jim Fannin Show. Let's get into a coaching call. All right, so here we are. Going to go ahead and welcome... Our guest to the show, Aaron Rice, who is a Grammy-nominated songwriter. Uh, he's also won six Gospel Music Association awards as well as awards in uh, Canada. And he was a 2008, 2009, and 2010 ASCAP Radio Award winner, as well as a 2011, 2013, 2015, and 2017 CSAC Radio Play Award winner, and has three gold singles. So this guy has had some success in songwriting, but every industry Every business, every endeavor has challenges. And in the era of streaming, the number of professional songwriters in Nashville, Tennessee, I believe has been reduced by 90%. Is that, is that about right, Aaron? That's about right. I think since uh, the year 2000, it has dropped um, about 90% for full-time songwriters. So it's a different world. <laughs> Very much. Aaron, this is uh, Jim Fannin. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I think uh, eliminating 90% is a positive thing for the champion songwriter. So we're, we're going to just reduce the cut clutter. But let me ask you a couple of questions. But before I do, you are more than a songwriter. So give me and the, and the audience just a real quick, uh, your income stream, your business right now is songwriting? It is songwriting. I do uh, produce records as well, so record production. Uh, but, but for the most part, it is songwriting. I am still blessed to be able to do it full-time and support a family. Uh, tell me about your family. I am married and been uh, married 10 years this year. And I ha we have a seven-year-old daughter and um, a furry pet named Ivy. <laughs> uh, tell me your daughter's name. Her name is Addison. Addison. And your yes. wife's name? Sarah. Sarah. Uh, do you have any siblings? I do. I have a, one sibling who lives in Sydney, Australia. He works for the Foreign Service. Oh, um, so he's in the, uh, he's always in a, a consulate or, a, um, or an embassy somewhere. Uh, one of my favorite cities in the world. Been there many times. I love Sydney. Um, let's, let's go forward. It's 60 months from now. Five years. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Hopefully, uh, still writing songs and uh, still supporting the family doing that. Uh, I have a dream and a passion of kind of bettering our industry and developing some, some new business models for the way content creators get paid, uh, as well as um, helping young artists and writers be able to do, to live the dream that I've lived for the last 15, 18 years. So you're, you're going to become an a vocal advocate. Correct. Uh, you're going to become a coach. Uh, you're going to go into the courtroom and battle uh, legislators uh, on uh, the behalf of clients and the industry as a whole. Is that is that what's going to happen in 60 months? That's that's the hope. I am uh, in law school right now to um, to to be a voice for individual artists as well as the whole co the community as a whole. Uh, 
Okay, let me ask you some blunt questions. Uh, the music business, I, I coach a lot of musicians and some bands and some famous ones, and, and I grew up on Country Music Highway, Route 23, going up through eastern Kentucky. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus made his trek to Nashville until, uh, you know, he came out with achy, breaky heart. I could walk to Billy Ray's house from my house. I lived next door to Diana Judd, or uh, stage name Naomi Judd, or the famous Judd. So, uh, and Loretta Lynn, I know, and Ricky Skaggs, my cousin. So it's a tough business. It's ferocious. It's competitive. Um, it's chaotic. What role did your wife play in you going to law school to get a steadier, deeper, wider income stream? Um, your, your voice went up an octave, by the way, when I, yeah, I, I, that's, that's an interesting, that's an interesting question. I, I don't know that she, um, had a, I don't know that she had a role verbally. I think I felt more pressure when I was, uh, when I was single, it was, you know, fly by the seat of your pants and, you know, who cares about budgeting and, you know, whatever, it's just me. Um, it changed a little bit when I got married and then definitely changed more when we had a child. Um, but when I called her and told her, Hey, I think I'm going to law school. I don't think she believed me. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, she, I mean, I mean, let's face it. That's going from the total right side of your brain, creativity and staying up late at night, uh, being with, uh, musicians and, you know, it's a crazy life. I get that. Uh, it might be a single life. And then all of a sudden, wait a minute, I, I'm going to law school. I'm going to use my left brain more. That doesn't mean you won't use your creativity. But in your mind, 60 months from now, you're going to have two income streams, not one. Correct. Is that, is Absolutely. That, okay. Two income streams, uh, a wider, deeper voice. I think a little more influence uh, with the the decision makers that, kind of govern the way content creators get paid. I think having um, a songwriting background, having being able to say, hey, look, this affects me and my family and the way we eat, as well as I understand the legal side. I think that just adds a little more, uh, and, and, a, a little and, more and, weight to the swing. And, and this is because uh, all of the musicians you all have gotten together uh, in a relaxed atmosphere and maybe bitched and moaned about the music industry. And, and uh, you've heard that so much. You've felt it personally. You've seen it with your friends. And you said, you know what, I, I think I'll do something about it. Is, is that about right? 100%. I get an email every day, literally every day, from somebody who has lost their job or layoffs or companies shutting down in our industry simply because the, the monetary structure has changed and the landscape has changed so much that what used to sustain everybody beyond the, the industry, and it goes beyond songwriters and artists, to, I mean, I have, I have a friend last year who was a Grammy-nominated songwriter who is no longer in the industry and will not even write songs anymore. Okay, so let me ask you a question. You just... One song of the year. You just signed a new contract for Black Panther 2, and you're writing the theme song and the entire album. Mm -hmm. 
and you haven't been in law school, you haven't gone to law school, if that would have occurred, you think you'd be in law school? Yeah, I do. I do because it is, it's a bigger, it, it goes beyond the finances of it for me. I could, I could get by without going to law school. Now, I don't know. Hold, hold up. Song of the year, album of the year. I, I, I think you do better than get by. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but for me, the, the reason I do probably 90% of what I do is for, um, is for the betterment of young artists and writers. I, I, I mentor young artists and writers for absolutely free. <laughs> um, it is, it, it's just, that's a little bit of, of the way I'm wired. And I, I want, I want to see, I want to see my, my industry have a little more health. Okay. I, I think two things need to happen. Okay. One in 60 months, what exactly are you going to do with your law degree? Because I know a lot of lawyers, they don't like being lawyers. Right. And they, 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 they like the discipline. Uh, from I think. Hold, hold up. Let me, let, okay. me, let me go on. So you're going to have a company that has an income stream. And who's going to pay you? It's going to be other musicians that are struggling, paying you, paying you now because they don't have any money. So, but you're going to have a business that's going to drive income, unless you're going to do a nonprofit, uh, from artists who are struggling within the industry. And then you're going to be an advocate for the musicians, uh, for the union. Uh, I got to figure out with you what you and I need to figure out if I'm your coach. How are we going to get an income stream out of that? I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the uh, passion and your advocacy based on the trials and tribulations of you and your brethren. But in 60 months from now, uh, you know, your daughter's going to need new shoes. You know, she's going to be a teenager and who knows what else you may want to do. So we need to work in reverse. What am I going to do with my law degree? And that vision needs to wake you up and put you to bed at night. So you're going to see a company that's going to go against the music industry. You're not going to make a lot of friends there, by the way. All right. You're not going to make a lot of friends being an advocate on one side of the equation. And on both. Okay. So that's going to be a whole nother set of challenges. And that needs to be figured out soon. That's why you're in law school. Now, secondly, I got a really strong vibe that you got an unfinished business. So my recommendation, and I'm getting another vibe as well. I recommend within the next 72 hours, you go back through your collection of copyrights make sure they're all cataloged and just do a mental review of point A. This is my body of work. Then I want you to carve out of that body of work some lyrics that are not finished. And there is one that's coming into my mind and I can hear the lyric in my mind that 
is a lyric you know is successful, but you haven't finished it. And it's just sitting there. It may be the Grammy award-winning lyric. It may be the music and the lyric. I, I don't know. You know that. But when you go to sleep tonight, I'd like for you to have that lyric or that music in your mind, and I'd like for you to drift off to sleep with it as a Grammy Award music. You got to see it as if it's so. I, I, I think it's possible to dig two giant income streams and be an awesome husband and be a great dad. Is this going to be a challenge? It is because you're going to be pulling from two sides of your brain. Your right side, which was really fervent when you were single. You know, the creative side, staying up late, musicians do that. Where do, where do you live? Uh, Nashville, Music City. Music City. And, and so I, I get that side. And, and that's fun. That's chaotic. It's exciting. Uh, but it doesn't have the stability. And as you say, it's got some shrinking returns. So we need to have two plans. You're already in law school, right? You've already paid. You're enrolled. You're in the first year in law school? First year, finishing the second semester. Okay. Uh, well, right, two things need to happen swiftly. One, what am I going to do with my law degree? I'm going to form a company. And what's it going to do? And where's money going to come from to pay me? to be the advocate of the music business. We need to figure that out swiftly. And that, that'll wake you up and put you to bed. That, that'll get you fired up. I, I have my concerns about that business because you're picking a fight with the other side and you're also trying to receive money from people that don't have that much money. So that's a concern of mine I, for you, okay? But we can figure that out. And then secondly, I think you've got unfinished business. I think you have a lyric. Do you have a lyric in your mind that's bounced around for a few years that you pick it up, you put it down, you like it, it makes you tap your, you know, your foot, but you haven't fleshed it out? Do you have one? You may have a million of them. I don't know. You're I've got a couple. Uh, as you're talking about that, though, I do. There are a couple songs that I that I, I think could maybe maybe possibly be revisited. All right, pick one. Pick okay. one song. I, just let your intuition. Do you have that one song? Mm-hmm. All right. Here's what I think that song is. I I keep hearing this song. Okay, and it's a it's a lyric. It's got a little beat. Maybe that's your song. Maybe it's not your song. But I want you to play that lyric in your mind, and then I want you right this second. I want you to hum it in your mind, and I want you to see a Grammy. Play it in your mind right now. Unhinge your jaw. Just relax. Conjure up that lyric, and it's a Grammy. But more importantly than a Grammy, it's changed people's lives. More important than a Grammy. B is not having a Grammy with cash in your pocket. B is people attaching their life to a lyric 
because that lyric is the soundtrack of a lot of people. And you can drop inside that lyric pertinent things that are happening in the world right now, today. That's meaningful. And 10 years from now, when they reminisce about that music, they start tapping their foot. It puts a smile on their face and it conjures up that positive memory. That's the impact of a songwriter. It's not just the song. It's definitely not just the reward of a Grammy. And it's not just the cash, although, uh, you know, you got to get paid. You got to, you know, you need to dig an income stream. I think it's more meaningful that. And I think you haven't gone to that true meaning. I think you may have had it. And all of a sudden, money, stability, a wife, a daughter, college coming up in 10 years. Holy cow, if she didn't have a scholarship, you know, mom and dad are going to have to carve out some big dough. Uh, 401k, house, I, I get it. But I think you're more than a songwriter. I think you're more than an advocate. I just don't want you to put all your happy eggs in one bucket. You're more than that. But your music is more than the music. It's more than that. I, I can go back in my mind and know exactly where I was when I heard Achy Breaky Heart. And I couldn't believe that Billy Ray Cyrus came up with that. He, he was he was working in a dive bar in Huntington, West Virginia, a shot in a beer joint on the weekends going to Nashville during the week. And man, did his life change. That's an understatement. One song. And I know the industry's changed. I get that. But let's get that one song out. Let's play it. Did you see the uh, Grammy in your mind? Absolutely. How did it make you feel? I would love that. <laughs> I would love it. Okay, now put in your mind uh, advocacy, and you got your law degree. You know, you got twenty, thirty musicians you're trying to help. Put that in your mind. How does that make you feel? Oh man, uh, uh, almost the same, if not better. You can do both. Will it be easy? Uh, I think if you're disciplined, I think you need to get more disciplined because writing music is not always discipline. You know that. Correct. You know, a, a song comes in your mind, you write it on a napkin, you put it down, you pick it up, you put it down, you pick it up, you work on it, you go in the studio. You know, it's it, it, there's a little chaos. I, I coach some writers, some novelists who are also in that. But I, I, I do know if, if you can carve out a couple of hours in your prime time, creative time to get back into your writing, get those lyrics out and clear your mind, get as relaxed as possible and see people happy because of your music, not money. You've been thinking too much about making money, getting stable. I, and I get that. And I, I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be thinking that. You should. We all need stability. We all need consistency. But you've got some passion for music. It's in your blood. You've been doing this since you were a little kid. 
And I, I don't want you to pick up one side of this business and put down another and be Mr. Part-Time. I, I, I think uh, at least it's my intuition, especially when I heard that passion come through you talking about the Grammy. So we have two things in 60 months. One, you're running a company. The other, you run another company that houses your music, and maybe it's housing the music of other people, not just your music. And now we've got a one-two punch in that side of the business, and now we've got your advocacy in the other. One's a creative side where you're guiding the creativity. The other is an advocacy side, and uh, you're managing the business side of it, which is totally different. And um, I think your wife will be happy. I think your daughter will be uh, a teenager. You'll, you'll have to call me right before that happens because that's a whole different deal. <laughs> I mean, we, we love our seven-year-olds, but uh, thank goodness my, da- my, uh, my stepdaughter uh, is not a teenager. O- over the weekend, she turned 20. Oh, wow. It's like, okay, I'm done. maybe I'm done. I'm still in the remnants of it, but... Uh, uh, I think this is a plan, and and uh, I, I got to send you my new book, The Blueprint. It's going to help you flesh this out. Anything you want to ask me, no, nothing off off limits. Uh, any subject, welcome. Anything I can else I can help you with. And did I hit the mark here with you? I will tell you this: I have been I've been trying to figure out in my brain how these two things work together. Uh, obviously, turning off one side of the brain to start studying and then back to creative creativity. But just yesterday I was having a conversation. Um, a couple of years ago, I started a company that was simply for um, helping artists that could not afford it. And it was basically a charity. <laughs> and just yesterday I was having a conversation that I needed to turn that into a, uh, a for-profit company for lack of a better term. Um, so I do think, I do think you, uh, you hit on some things that I'm trying to figure out as well, how these two things work together. I know that the heads of a lot of the major entertainment companies have law degrees. So I do think it's a worthwhile thing. I don't know that I'm ever going to just quit music and go practice. You're not, but, but I'm, I'm going to go try to figure out exactly how these two things work together. I, I, I believe you can. I, I think a law degree is going to give you a discipline you don't have. It is a disciplined field. I think you'll have that forever. It'll be positive for you. I still think you're a writer at heart. And I still believe, I still believe that that Grammy is right there already sitting somewhere on your computer or it's bouncing around in your brain and you need to get it out soon. All right. Well, listen, thanks for being on the Jim Fannin Show. I hope this helped you get a little bit of clarity. And uh, we're going to be sending you my new book. I'm looking forward to autographing it to you. And uh, later when we get off the show, you can uh, tell Aaron, uh, excuse me, tell uh, Seth where I need to send the book. Thanks a lot. And of course, we always say that the score system is for everybody. No no matter where you're at, you can get into the zone. So we're going to move from songwriter and law stuff into the world of 
college running. I'd like to welcome Logan Wade, who's a freshman runner for Quincy University to the Jim Fannin Show. Hello, my friend. Hi. <laughs> Logan, if I could just set you up a bit here. You became a college runner out of an area that doesn't produce a lot of college runners. Like different regions of the country are known for different sports. Like, uh, you know, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan produce a lot of basketball players. You really had to chart your own path uh, to becoming a college runner through AAU and then on to college. Uh, and now you're in your freshman season. How's that going for you? Uh, so far, it's going well. I mean, uh, so, uh, I've already went through cross-country season, uh, and we did all right during our – we actually went to regionals in Ohio, in Cedar Rapids, Ohio, and we did all right because it was the first time there. And we just, just finished indoor, and uh, we scored a couple points in the conference. And now we're on to uh, outdoor. We have our first meet this weekend in Kentucky. Jim's home state. And so obviously, <laughs> you know, your college runner, the goal, the one thing is to get faster, right? Yes. So welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. Logan, let me, let me ask you just a couple of questions. You're a cross-country uh, runner? Yeah. Uh, in the indoor season, and, and uh, what else did you run? Uh, mostly around the 800 or, uh, the 800 and the BMR, which is like a uh, distance medley relay. I was part of the, uh, I was the third leg cause I ran the, the uh, 1200, 400, eight and a mile. So I was third, third, third leg for him. And, and how many, uh, participants on your team? Uh, probably around for guys, maybe 20 and girls, maybe about 20, it's not even. You're in a meet, uh, I, I believe an invitational in Kentucky this weekend, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And you're going to be doing what in this meet? Running cross country? No, it's going to be track. It'll be outdoor track. It'll be our first, uh, first outdoor meet. And, and what are you going to be running? Uh, I'll probably be running the 800 and the mile. What's your best 800? Uh, best 800 is, uh, 203 and best mile would be, uh, 448. So the best mile you've ever run is 448. And where, yes. are you, where are you right now in terms of your best? Are, are you running best. 448 now or is, was that done some time ago? That was done a little while ago, but uh, my senior year I got hurt. So I'm uh, trying to work my way, way back into what it used to be. Okay. Uh, it's at the end. Now, Quincy is in, um, is this Division Two, Division Three? Uh, it's Division Two. Division Two. So, what's success for you uh, in terms? This season's over. School is done. You're now in, in the summer. And what would be success for you after your freshman year? What would success be? Uh, being, being able to run uh, like sixty miles a week with uh, really good workouts and all that because. I know I'm the type of runner who likes to hammer the miles out, and I wasn't allowed to do that because I had an injury uh, all summer, and I wasn't able to run, so it kind of didn't set me up very well for uh, cross-country and all that. Your team uh, or the individuals, you would like to go to the NCAA Division Two, right? Oh, yeah, that would be that'd be really nice. I heard it's really, uh, really exciting to get to that and fun to actually be in. I've always had so much success in high school that that would be the next step. Well, why don't we make that next step now? Yeah, that would be good. I'd really like that this season. Shut your eyes, unhinge your jaw. You're at the NCAA Championship Division Two. Where are you physically in the country? Uh, okay, stop. So you don't know. So right mm-hmm. now, you don't know. When is the NCAA Championship Division Two? 
sometime in May. Sometime, but so you don't know in May, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When we hang up, you're going to find out where it is and exactly what day it is, because that's where you're going to peak. That's where you're going to be running under 448 mile. That's where you're going to be running under 2.03. And you're going to be running in the NCAA cross country, correct? That would be track, but yeah, that'd be a goal for next year. Because uh, cross country is what, in the fall? Yeah, it's, it's, in, the, it's in the fall. Uh, so the NCAA championships are in the fall, correct? For cross country? Uh, for cross country, yeah. Okay. So here's what we need to do. In the next 12 months, we're going to set two goals, uh, maybe three. And the third one I, I'm going to put off to the side a second. Goal uh, number one is going to be NCAA cross country with the best time you've ever run. And you're going to have that exactly during the time of the cross country championships next fall. You're going to know where it's going to be and you're going to know exactly when it's going to be. So you're going to peak at that time. And you have all summer where you can run 60 miles uh, a, a week. Is that true? 60 miles a week? Yes, I'd like to get to that. Okay. In high school, I was running about 50. Okay, we're going to hit 60 a week to peak for that. Now we're, let's go back to track. You're going to find out where you're going to be. You're going to find out exactly what time it is you're going to peak for track. And in the NCAA, you're going to be running the 800 and the mile. Correct? Yes. Okay. So I want you to unhinge your jaw and just relax. And I want a number to just pop into your head running the mile. But it's that number, whatever it is, must be less than four minutes and 48 seconds. Just right off the top of your head, what what popped into your head? What's the number? 410. 410. Yeah, if that's a goal. If I could give you a 410 right now, would you be happy? I'd be, I'd be really happy. Okay. What if you put 359? Would you be happy? That seems like crazy. I'd be, I'd be astounded. Like, hey, I'd be going you, wild right there. Okay. Have you ever thought three fifty nine? Have you ever thought of it? Yeah. No, I haven't. Okay, so you're a miler, and you've never thought about breaking the four minute mile. I think the record is three forty three or something. The world record. Okay. I mean, that's that's some rarefied air. And, and the reason I'm bringing this up, Roger Bannister, the first guy to ever track the four-minute mile. I mean, uh, Roger at 88 passed away uh, a couple of weekends ago. Um, and what's the best quarter mile, the first quarter mile that you've ever run? Uh, within the mile? Yeah, within the mile. Um, probably 59. Okay, what's the best second quarter mile you've ever run? Um, about 
Make a minute five. Okay. What's the best third quarter mile you've ever run? Uh, somewhere around, it, it gets worse after that. Somewhere around, uh, maybe like one twelve. What's the best closing quarter, last quarter of a mile you've ever run? Um, I wanted to- if you add all those together, that's going to break your record. And then we have to look at this and go, uh, that's going to shatter 448. In fact, it is uh, four minutes and eight seconds. Jeez. So all, all we need to do is have your best, and then we need to figure out why are you 1.12 in the third uh, leg of this? And, and we're going to improve that. We're going to get that to 59. And if you can run 105 in the second, we can get that to 59. And at the 102, we can get that to 59. And if we do that, you've broken the four-minute mile. You have to see this in your mind, not just believe it. You've got to go to sleep and wake up and sleep and wake up. I want you to find out what do you need to run the mile in to qualify for the NCAA. And then we're going to take whatever that number is. We're going to do that. We're going, this is going to happen. But this has got to wake you up and put you to sleep at night. And then we're going to take the stress of the NCAA to take you to that level of crushing 4.48. Because you've already proven the parts, you're much better than 4.48. So you're coming at this from a freshman mentality that's coming off an injury and you're dragging that around the track with you. I'm a freshman. No one expects me to do this. And I'm coming off an injury. And you've got to let that go. That's like an anchor that's causing you to run slow. Are you with me on this? Yeah, you make me realize that now. Okay, shut your eyes. Unhinge your jaw. You're at the NCAA. And you've just broke the four-minute mile. I'm going to count to five, and you're going to run the last 10 yards. You're going to break the tape. There's nobody in front of you. Nobody. And then after that, you'll wake up out of your vision, and we'll talk about it. One, two, three, four, five. Run. Did you finish? Yeah, I finished. I almost died. I mean, I made it across the finish line. I fell. Okay. We're going to do it again. You're not going to die. You're going to finish with your arms up and your head up. Ready? You're going to run the 10 yards, and you're going to be efficient. And you're going to be able to even run more. One, two, three, four, five. Run. Are you done? 
Yes. Did you finish with your arms up? Yes, I did. How did you feel? Feel like I could run another mile. Exactly. You've been placing not only barriers on yourself, but you've also been dragging around the past. And you've been thinking shoulda, coulda, woulda. You've been thinking what you don't want as opposed to what you do want. And I I want this phone call to light a fire under your creativity and your imagination to see it as if it's so. See it as it will be. And when you catch yourself doubting yourself, when you catch yourself, I, I promise you, I don't care. Look, I know you all empty the gas tank physically. And I know that you finished being exhausted. But I promise you, with a gun to your head, you could probably run another quarter mile in record time with a gun to your head. You could. And, and you need to get your vision more clear with what you want. But you, at night, when in the last 30 minutes, that's where you see this. So for the next seven to 10 days, your homework assignment, I'm going to see 59 all four quarters. I'm doing it. And I'm definitely going to improve the third leg, one, one, two. And you need to get the mental endurance and the mental clarity and the mental possibility lodged. And once the mind is in place, Logan, the body will follow. The body follows the mind. It's not the opposite. And, you know, when you're running and you don't think you can go anymore, I know you've done this before. I'm just going to make it to that next tree. I'm going to just get up to that hill. You've done that, haven't you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. How do you eat an elephant? NCAA? One quarter at a time. One day at a time. But you've got to be an NCAA guy right now. Right now. And you haven't been. You've been a freshman who's had injuries, who's on the team, and that's it. I mean, think about it. You didn't even know where the NCAA is going to be. You need to know. You need to know because you're going. Right? Yes, sir. So how do you feel about this? feel a lot better. I feel like when I'm about to go do my run, soon I'm going to be running. Oh, I want uh, some feedback. I want some feedback. Don't forget, uh, when we hang up, please uh, give Seth uh, your address. I want to sign a copy of my book, The Blueprint. I hope this helped you get a little blueprint, but let me add one more thing. What kind of grades you make? Grades? Yes. Uh, almost all A's. Oh, awesome. Well, you're more than an athlete. Uh, do you have a girlfriend? Significant yes, I other. Do. Okay. So I have a girlfriend. Uh, well, you're more than uh, an athlete. You're more than a student. You're a son. Are you a brother? Yes, I'm a brother. I have yeah, two brothers. So- yeah, so don't put all your happy eggs in one basket. You're, you're an awesome soul, yeah, and you're going to have a lot of great human experiences. So all my best to you, and be in the zone when you run today. It's the only place to be. And the more you're in the zone, the more you can put it on like an overcoat, especially this spring 
coming up, NCAA. Now, we don't have a lot of time coming up in the NCAA. Do you believe you can get there? Yes, I do. I believe I can get there. All right, man. We're rooting for you at the Jim Fannin Show. Keep us informed. We'll have you back on the show. We'll check on you, and I'll talk to you soon. So what you just experienced there... As the producer of the show, I've been so excited for you to be able to hear because it's the what I got to hear the first time I heard Jim coach somebody live. And you actually can have that breakthrough as well because for the first time ever, you can actually book, there's very limited hours, but you can book Jim for a one-hour session. JimFannin.com, F-A-N-N-I-N.com. And then you can uh, go down to the section that says, let Jim change your life. Um, he'll call you. You can take notes, uh, it, and you have got one hour to get the breakthrough that we just saw uh, happen right here live on this show. Nothing rehearsed. I'm excited for Logan, and uh, hopefully this opened up his mind to the possibility of what he can do. I think he's a little bit in shock when he put down all of his best times and realized that, uh, holy cow, all I need to do is my best quarter mile, <laughs> and, and I've crushed my uh, best mile. So. Um, uh, he's, uh, it's going to be fun to get some feedback from him. You know, Seth, we all have challenges. And that's one thing I, I want to just mention to the listeners. Please eliminate P-R-O-B-L-E-M. Eliminate that word. Eliminate from your vocabulary. Don't, don't let it find its way into your mind. The best in the world have challenges. Get your vision. Understand your challenges and let those challenges inspire you, motivate you to wake you up happy in the morning. Challenges, you know, the more you have, well, that just probably means you're climbing a higher peak. And that's great. And sometimes, you know, when you have more abnormal dreams, that, that peak can be a, a rock face cliff and it may look like home oh my goodness how am i gonna get over that well it's one step at a time but if you have a blueprint that blueprint's gonna pull you up that mountain it's gonna pull you through these challenges and over these obstacles and you know as human beings boy there's everything is possible we have so many amazing things that we can do in life. And I I don't want anyone listening to be limited by what's happened to us in the past. You know, we've all been dragging around a pebble in our shoe, all of us. It may be a pebble in your relationship shoe, a pebble in your business shoe, uh, a, a pebble in whatever shoe you happen to be wearing at that time in that aspect of your life. But we need to discard those tiny pebbles of doubt and pebbles of, uh, inconvenience and pebbles of the past that just like Aaron put an anchor on your success. And the other thing is success is not just making money. Oh yeah, well, we all want to make a ton of dough. I, I got that. It's, it's not about market share. It's not about taking your company public. Success is different for different people. And we saw that success with a songwriter, a very accomplished songwriter, I might add, to, to a runner who's obviously accomplished enough to be on a college team. 
uh, competing at a high level. So whatever your success is, whatever your challenge is, I look forward to helping you. I really do. And let, let's do it. Let's roll up our sleeve. Let's get busy. Uh, I, I've got limited hours on this one hour. I've never done it, uh, uh, although I do it every single day. I do 7,000 minutes a month with my clients. So I've carved out just a few hours a week to help whomever. There's nothing off the table, nothing off limits. It's total confidentiality. And uh, so if, if I can help you go to that next level in your personal or professional life, uh, sign up. It's real simple. Uh, you pick the time. You put in your credentials, uh, you know, your name, your phone number, uh, your email. Uh, you can pay up front and whatever that time is, I'm calling you and uh, you'll already give me a few notes on what you want to address and we'll roll up our sleeves and make sure that you and I together equal more than a part. So I'm looking forward to it. Once again, you can book that at jimfannin.com, F-A-N-N-I-N. And go down to the section that says, let Jim change your life and book your one hour session right there. Very giving episode. You, w- quick mailbag? Yeah, right? do, yeah, let's do a mailbag. Okay. Hey, Jim. I'm in the zone. I'm rocking. <laughs> you're, you're just I'm, I'm you rocking. Are n- yeah. knocking them out in the zone. Hey, Jim, I'm a parent of a 12-year-old hockey player who has a lot of nerves whenever things don't go according to plan, like ice time getting moved or a delay or something else switching around before the game. And it takes him about the first period to really find his stride again. How can I help him get over that? Well, the key is to get into the zone right off the bat. As soon as, as, soon as the game begins, you're in a purposeful, calm, clear-minded state. How do you do that? He's not nervous. Now, if he believes he's nervous or you think he's nervous, well, he's going to become nervous. Really what's happening is when you get the – proverbial butterflies, the capillaries in your stomach, the blood vessels in your stomach, they constrict automatically. Your subconscious controls it. Your subconscious knows a big event is about to happen because you've been putting it in your mind for at least 24 hours, getting ready for the game, seeing what you want to happen or not happen. So it knows that, that it needs to be at peak performance. And uh, you're not nervous. What's happening is most of the blood at any given time in a human is in the stomach. So when you start to feel the butterflies, it's the blood being diverted from your stomach to the brain for clarity and to the large muscles for inordinate quickness, speed, strength, and agility. So the butterflies, just like a butterfly in real life, they're awesome. So take a deep breath, get your breathing down to six to eight breath. This is right before ice time. This is right before the game begins. Your son needs to get alone without you. And also in the last 30 minutes, mom, dad, no instructions. Stop it. Quit being a coach. Just be a loving parent who's going to watch your son do something that he loves. So stop coaching 30 minutes especially. And reminding, don't forget to do this, don't forget to do that. Remember when this happens, do that. Stop it. You clear your mind as well. And maybe mom and dad, you need to breathe as well. Get the Your son needs to get his breathing down to six to eight breaths a minute. Clear his mind, which I affectionately call clear the launch. It is like the reboot we talked about earlier, but when it's right before a big event, I, I renamed it 
clear the launch, and it's a launch of energy. Very calm, very peaceful. And then when you're out on the ice, a switch pops up, head goes up, and now let the warrior skate, and the energy is down the ice. The energy needs to be away from your son. And the opponents, they're going to feel it. Your teammates, they're going to pick up the vibe. And when everybody does that on a hockey team, now you're skating in unison. It's a formidable force, and the opposition will choke on it, and that's going to help the team win. So do your part, mom and dad. Stay away in the last 30 minutes. Teach them how to clear the launch, get the breathing down to six to eight, and they'll get off to a great start, hopefully in the zone. Hey, if you feel like this show has added massive value, and this one's been a lot of fun, if it's helped you get to where you're going, helps you clarify your blueprint, don't forget, share this with the people in your life that need it. Uh, You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also hop on over to iTunes, review the show, let us know what you think there. Uh, And you know what? I think you probably agree that the world's got enough negativity and you can spread positivity by taking the Jim Fannin show to the people right in your, you know, start out right with the people that you spend the most time with Jim. So before we go into, uh, you know, the zone cafe and get you what you need for your week to have an amazing week, I gotta ask you just what's on your mind here with, we've had kind of multiple topics pop up. We've had, we've witnessed two very cool coaching sessions. What's on your mind as we close out the show? That's a great question. What's on my mind? What's on my mind is um, a 90-second rule tool. That's the first thing that popped in. Um, I haven't violated this tool in over 40-some years. Uh, All my clients that are successful don't violate this tool. It's never having a day you haven't already had. So you can take the songwriter. uh, You can take the uh, cross-country runner, the track star. Uh, You got to dress rehearse. The next day, see what you want as opposed to what you don't want. Only takes a few seconds, 90 seconds at the most. Don't don't see, you know, going to the cleaners or getting a haircut. That's minutia. See the big things you want to accomplish tomorrow. See it as if it's so. See it either through your own eyes. Uh, 83% of the world, that's how they envision. Uh, 13, 14% envision like they're on a movie set, usually looking up from the right side down on whatever the activity they're envisioning. And uh, even if you're in the 1% or 2%, don't see anything, uh, still mentally dress rehearse it. Dress rehearse, never have a day you haven't already had. And that's going to give you the insurance that, that you're going to have a zone day. Will you get ambushed? Yes, especially if you're pushing the needle especially if you've got a, an incredible lofty goal. But at least now you have something to adjust from and something now you can adjust to and you'll be able to adapt more readily. So never have a day you haven't already had. Do that every single night. Make it a habit no different than brushing your teeth. And speaking of brushing your teeth, that's not a bad time to do it. Hopefully you brush your teeth. And while you're brushing your teeth, uh, now you can envision the greatest day that you've ever had in your life. That's what I was thinking about. Of course, we always go out with what you need at the Zone Cafe. 
here on America's Most Positive Podcast. But I do have to give you one more shout out just because, you know, I know that you may be here for the very first time and getting introduced to all these concepts. You've got to get your blueprint down one more time. And by the way, the book has actually been selling out in local bookstores. So if that happened to you, you can check back. You can check Amazon.com. Nothing happens that's great. I'm going to say it a little differently than you do by winging it. <laughs> you're not going to stumble into the, the success that you've imagined. It's got to be a blueprint and you've got to get your blue, your blueprint down. Uh, you can check it out. Jim Fannin, F-A-N-N-I-N on Amazon.com. Or of course, you can check out your local bookstore uh, and you know they should be restocked. Let's talk about the Zone Cafe. There's five things that you can order. Uh, we only want you right now to order one of those items. Self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, enjoyment. I'm going to walk through those quickly, but those five intangibles, Seth, they make up your overall attitude. So instead of saying have a positive attitude, well, you need to have high levels of self-discipline, S, concentration, C, optimism, O, relaxation, R, enjoyment, E, it's an acronym, it spells SCORE. Having a high score level triggers natural body chemistry. Self-discipline uh, is going to bring in uh, cortisol, uh, concentration, a little glycogen, uh, optimism, some endorphins, relaxation, a little serotonin, and, of course, a uh, little dopamine from enjoyment. You're responsible for the repairs of this domino-like chain that makes up your overall attitude on anything. So right now, you pick the arena in your life or as you're driving up to the window of the Zone Cafe, we're cooking back here, by the way, some awesome meals, um, select one very specific arena or just in general. That's your option. So you're pulling up. So you can order a giant slab of self-discipline that's going to give you the blueprint uh, fleshed out with goals and tasks. It's going to give you some patience and some stick if you will, uh, some commitment to doing that on a daily basis. If that's what you need, put your order in. Seth's got uh, a big bunch of it that he's going to put through the window, and you can drive off and with your score level now balanced. But maybe, maybe you need some concentration. Maybe you got too much going on. Maybe you've got chaos, and that's we've been talking about it. Maybe too many things coming from too many directions, from too many life arenas is bombarding your brain, and you're in the 3,000, 4,000 thoughts a day. Well, if that's what's going on in your life and you need to focus, well, get yourself a big plate full of concentration because it's a steaming hot plate of concentration. And we're going to put that in a bag and you can drive off with it. Just the awareness that you need concentration will help you narrow your focus. Just the awareness of it. You know, we're all awake, but we're not all aware. But maybe, maybe you need a giant bucket of optimism, belief, expectancy, knowing, trust positive self-esteem, confidence. If that's what you need and you want a lot of it, well, you can place your order right now. 
And we have a lot of tools, by the way, in the Blueprint book, uh, the 90-second rule audio program. And, uh, of course, we have all kinds of tools right here at the Jim Fannin Show. But if you need optimism, place your order right now and drive off being in the zone, balance. But maybe you need some relaxation. We got a big drink of it, giant straw like a fire hose so that you can, as soon as you take a sip, you get your breathing down to six to eight breaths, worry absolutely melts away, no anxiety, no fear. If you need relaxation in your life, whatever it is, you can get it right here, right this second at the Zone Cafe just by being aware of it. So, Seth, it looks like we got a whole bunch of orders for that, so you need to get uh, pouring some of those drinks of <laughs> serotonin yes. right now. But maybe, maybe you need the Happy Meal. We got a Happy Meal in here every week. That's enjoyment. And you know what? Can you really enjoy challenges? I think so. The best in the world love challenges. They inspire you. They get you fired up, gives you a zest for living. So if you need a little bounce in your step, a little music, you know, just like Aaron is a, the song master, if you need that musical beat in the background playing while you're meeting all these challenges, boy, get a big, giant slab of enjoyment. Because as soon as that goes through the window in your car, you're immediately going to smile. You're going to smile. If you need more smiles, please place your order. So, Seth, let me ask you. We've been cooking up S-C-O-R-E in the Zone Cafe. But if you could order anything this week, Seth, what would you order? You know what? I'm going to order enjoyment because I've actually, as a, um, as a film critic, I've got a movie premiere right after the show. And so I know that I've got to be in the right mindset, just like somebody walking into the theater this weekend, even though I'm seeing it ahead of time. I've got to be in the mindset of enjoyment and not pulled in a thousand different directions with my mind in chaos to be able to really deliver what I need to do, which is to tell the audience about how the movie is. So I'm picking enjoyment. What are you ordering off the score menu? Well, I am the um, eternal optimist. I'm extreme positivity. Uh, There's no negativity in my life, but I'm going to order some more optimism. And I want the optimism to go to the highest possible level that I can be uh, so that I'm even better prepared to handle any calls that are going to come in for coaching, uh, any of the many clients that I have. They have challenges. They're pushing the envelope from business, sports, and life in general. And um, I I also want that more uh, bucket of optimism because I know it's going to help my intuition go to an even higher level than it normally is. So. Yeah, I, I'm an optimist, but you can always have a little more optimism. <laughs> and I that just makes me smile thinking about it already. My chin went up. My mom's going to be happy right now that my chin went up as soon as I said that. Hey, we want to thank you again for joining us here on America's Most Positive Podcast. Remember to spread that positivity by checking us out on social media and sharing the show with the people who matter most to you. And as we always go out on, stay in the zone. Be in the zone, everybody. It's the only place to be and share the love. Be in the zone. Until next week. This is a leveling the playing field quick fix on Radio Influence.
my guest is Stacy May Fowles. You know, there's so many great stories that came out of the World Series, but I got really fixated on the fact that Clayton Kershaw said after the Dodgers lost the World Series, he said, maybe one day I won't fail. And to, to just think that Kershaw, who is one of the most elite players ever, for his perspective to be that he's a consistent failure sort of blew my mind, right? And I immediately just wanted to write a piece about how, um, you know, on a, on a huge scale level, because he's, you know, so high profile and just lost a really high profile thing, that sort of mirrors the way we treat ourselves, right? We can achieve all of these things. We can do all of these great things. And then one thing it feels very important can happen and we can feel like a failure across the board. Leveling the playing field with Bobby Sue Doyle Hazard can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.